Hello and welcome to Digineer Presents. My name is Paresh Gajreya. In the room with me is Taylor Ackerman, one of our consultants, and welcome back to Digineer Presents. If you've been listening to our previous series, the Commitment-Based Management Series and the Organizational Change Management Series, welcome back. We are taking a slight left turn into focusing on our consultants and some of the ways they do the things that Digineer does best. Today's episode is called Intentional Networking, and like I said, with me is Taylor Ackerman. Taylor, hi. Hello, glad to be here. Well, thanks for taking the time. Uh, this is the first time we've been in the same room in what feels like forever mm-hmm. in this new post-pandemic world. I remember being stuck in a conference room with you um, at our old client. We're there, we were kind of able to do a bunch of networking in person, and it's almost like you and I even networked and just built that relationship to expand into each other's networks now. Yep. So let's talk about it. One of the things that as a consultant that we bring to the table is not only the skills that we have, what we call our hard skills. It's also our soft skills, our communication, our ability to follow up, etc., etc. So we wanted to talk to you about something that you do really well and something that you've started at Digineer as well in terms of a networking initiative. I like to call this concept intentional networking. Tell us really high level what makes you approach a random person in a professional or a casual space. Like, how do you know that's the person you want to talk to and that's the person you want to have a conversation with? So I would say you are accurate on that. I love just starting conversations with random individuals because it's not about, it's not intentional on who the person you're talking to. It's just getting to know people. You could be passing someone random in the hallway and that could turn into a sales lead. That could just turn into a mutual friend that you know from someone. There doesn't have to be an end goal. It's more of building out your network and everyone's open to having a conversation. You can learn something new in every conversation that you have. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us about what your opener is? Now, a lot of people use the word elevator pitch, and that's not, I think, that's not what you do because I've seen you do it. Mm-hmm. And for the audience listening to us today, what's your go to after you say, Hi, my name is? What's next? So, a lot of times, um, I'm constantly listening to what's going on around me. Yep. And let's say I'm sitting in a room and I hear someone say, Oh, Minneapolis, blah, blah, blah. That's my cue of, hey, you're from Minneapolis, so am I. Um, What do you do there sort of thing? Mm -hmm. And you can just start the conversation. So it's looking for that entrance to um, immerse yourself in that conversation and start it. Mm -hmm. It's not just going up to people and being like, hi, my name's so-and-so. What do you do? Mm -hmm. It's more of asking certain questions around what they do or... It's, oh my gosh, what drink do you have? That looks really good at the bar. Yeah. And then it's anything to start up a conversation. Right. And then do you feel like um, sometimes it would come across as disingenuous if you were doing the hi, my name is piece? Yeah, definitely. Because I know if people came up to me and said, hi, my name is so-and-so, I would almost interpret that of, oh gosh, they're going to ask me for something. Sure. So... That's how that comes off where instead it's, oh, we just have 
a mutual connection around Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Or, oh my gosh, I like that drink. Or complimenting people on their shoes or their outfits. Mm-hmm. I do that all the time to females. Mm-hmm. And it's a confidence booster for them as well. Well, so so let's ask this question out loud. So this definitely, given that we, you and I live in Minnesota and, you know, wherever these people are listening to this conversation from, yeah. but at least in the Midwest, it's almost feels rude to interrupt somebody else's conversation, right? And disrupt it. But that's kind of what networking is. You're disrupting flow. Yeah. And I mean, think of it as if you were back in person pre-COVID at a networking event. Right. The goal is to talk to as many people as you can, and you're constantly mingling with a group of people going from one conversation to the next. Mm -hmm. So what's the difference of taking that outside of the networking room and just doing that in the general public? I don't know. What is the difference? (laughs) I guess there's not. Right. There shouldn't be. It's the same thing. Right. And and I think think that's that's the one thing that I think a lot of people seem to... I, I, I network kind of in your style as well, but I do it slightly differently for my situation uh, and for my personal comfort. But I feel like a lot of the, the commonalities and the themes that you and I chase are around the fact that establishing the personal connection. Uh, I mean, there's always money on the table. There's always an opportunity on the table to work together, but you get, you're only as good as the impression you set and leave. Mm-hmm. So that leads me to my next question. When you do have the opening done, Right, and you've you've exchanged pleasantries. You've you've shared names, backgrounds. You know who do you represent yourself as? Like who who is Taylor in that conversation? I guess who is Taylor in that conversation? That's a really good question. I would say I'm just me. Okay. I consider myself a social butterfly. I love getting to know people, hearing their story, and figuring out how they got to where they are today and how they are the person that they turned into. Right. So I would say I just. I'm a curious person. That's okay. my personality. And so does that representation of who you are as a curious personality translate to asking questions, giving suggestions? So so like walk me through a mock conversation, right? So you've you've met someone, you've gone through that, you know, and you're representing yourself as someone who's curious to solve a problem. So how do you solve that problem? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's asking a lot of questions. I ask a lot of open-ended questions and that makes the other person talk more. Mm -hmm. And then eventually it turns into, I would say 80% of conversations, if you just meet someone randomly, it always turns into, what do you do? Tell me more about yourself. Mm -hmm. And that's where you can turn it into, if that's the goal of networking intentionally, that's when you can turn that into, oh, this is what I do. And for Digineerits, I actually work for a consulting firm. We do X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. Do you know anyone that like is looking for help solving a problem. Mm -hmm. And since you already started that genuine conversation, individuals are more likely to be like, yes, let me introduce you to so-and-so. And And it's just, it's an ongoing cycle. Right. So you did touch on that. So my next question would be, this is not just for Digineer, but for any consulting firm, for anybody listening, is that how do you differentiate the offerings from frameworks and systems and all those things But there's also the human element, right? And I think Mm -hmm. that networking piece is the human element about, hey, we've got such and such people to solve your problem. So when you are afforded the opportunity and someone says, I can introduce you to so-and-so, what do you do next? So obviously, thank them for the introduction that they're about to make for you. Mm -hmm. Take the introduction, have that meeting, and... It's more of just asking, hey, what's going on with your organization? What are kind of some of your pain points? What work streams do you specifically have? Try to find a commonality 
So if they say, oh, I'm managing X, Y, and Z work streams, and this one's really struggling, or this is a pain point for me, then you can turn it into, regardless of what company you work for or what your service offering is, Mm -hmm. you can try to match that Mm -hmm. or make sure that you have something that's aligned. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, then you can offer them an introduction to someone else that does um, have those services. Mm -hmm. So you've done the introduction, Mm -hmm. you've done the personal connection, you've identified the opportunity. At some point, you have to walk away from that initial conversation, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you... A two-part question. First is, how do you in your own mental decision tree or system define that as a successful connection? And second, what's your follow-up methodology on that? Yeah, um, follow-up methodology depends on the person. Okay. So I've met people at a pool party and the next day I get a request on LinkedIn from them. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, hey, uh, nice to meet you yesterday, blah, blah, blah. So... Follow-up is, it all depends on what your style is. You can, if you got their number, send them a text message. If you just want to email them, if you want to be more formal, Mm -hmm. it's, I would say, get to know the person and their communication style and how they give you their information is most likely how they want to be communicated to. I noticed that you didn't say a phone call. Don't follow up with a phone call. Mm -mm. No, I, I actually never follow up with a phone call just because in today's day and age, you... I, for one, look at my phone, and if it's a number I don't know, I don't answer. I have too many things going on to even think about picking up a phone for a car warranty. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So so send a text message or send an email and then put the ball firmly in their court to respond. Yeah, yep, definitely. And if they don't, one tactic that I actually learned from our COO here is have fun with it. Have fun with networking. So... He actually taught me if someone doesn't respond and it's been a week or two, just send an email saying, hey, did you get eaten by an alligator? Because a lot of people will see that and be like, oh my gosh, what? Like she thinks I got eaten by an alligator. I'm going to respond to this. Right, right. So, so it's kind of still casting a line and seeing what happens. And Yes. Great. That's actually that's actually pretty amusing. <laughs> knowing, knowing our CEO and, and finding, finding that he has a sense of humor is, is interesting sometimes. Uh-huh. So, okay. All right. So we've gone through kind of, kind of the big questions that I wanted to ask. And, and so here's, here's one of those really weird, there's no right answer questions, right? So you're in this cycle of networking. At some point we've all had this, the, the network dies, mm-hmm. right? They just disappear for whatever reason. To your point, do they get eaten by the alligator? But have you found that sometimes a lot of people present silence as non-interest? Um... I don't believe so. I think a lot of times silence, um, just from my experience, turns out you'll get a response a month later. Oh my gosh, I was so busy. I was managing X, Y, and Z, or one individual that I was um, working with and met randomly goes, oh my gosh, sorry, I was in charge of rolling out the vaccinations Mm -hmm. back in December timeframe, January. Mm -hmm. So people have their reasons. Do I think sometimes silence means I'm not interested? Yes, but I always try to get an answer. Mm -hmm. Get a definitive yes or no. Yeah, because then you know, okay, am I wasting my time with this or should Mm -hmm. I just continue moving on? Mm -hmm. So so let's talk about the phrase intentional networking, right? So the idea behind behind this whole process is not to create the sale. Exactly. Right. So what is it? What's the what's the idea behind this? So intentional networking, I would like to say networking can be 
easy, relaxing, just mm-hmm. talking to someone at a coffee shop. Mm-hmm. So that's up to you to decide, okay, mm-hmm. intentional networking. Yep. So then, what do you then, want it to be? And that's exactly it, right? So I think I think the way we call this phrase intentional networking is is to network with intent. It just feels like saying network with intent seems mm-hmm. like a mouthful. Uh-huh. Right? So it's a good way to say that if, if, if you have the intent to network, then you're really putting an effort into it. It's not supposed to be something that is supposed to put you outside your comfort zone or put you out in a situation where you feel like you're not successful. If you network with intent or rather use intentional networking, you're looking at the fact that you are representing your brand, you're representing your company, and you're representing a solution for someone who may have a problem. Mm -hmm. So let's follow up with the last question. This is the last question for the day is all things being equal. What's been the hardest part of building this system for yourself? Now, if let me recap the system I, I heard when you put down is open with an insertion into a conversation and find common ground. Once you establish common ground, establish uh, professional equivalency, and so you can say, "Hey, I do this, you do that." What mm-hmm. can? And then you hear, "What can I help with?" Then mm-hmm. they have a problem or an opportunity, and you present a solution representing the company you're working at. You've done all those things. So what's been the most difficult networking incident you've had in the last year? Yeah, so I would say the most difficult when it comes to networking is you do get those individuals who are just, I hate to say it, but just rude. Mm -hmm. They don't want to talk. They don't want to give you the time of day. um, And it's just rejection. Like you will run into people that don't want to have a conversation. Mm And you just have to read the audience, determine, is this something that I want to pursue? If the person just shuts me down right away, it's like, okay, you know what? That's not going to ruin my day. Mm -hmm. So being able to face rejection, but turn it into a positive thing. Because otherwise you'll just continue being down. Right. And so on a positive note, what's been the most fun connection you've made in the last year? With COVID being as interesting as it is. <laughs> um, the most fun connection. So I would say just, I love to travel. So every time I travel somewhere, I always meet someone new. And I'm still in contact with a lot of those people. So I have connections out in California, in Utah, in Cabo, in mm-hmm. Cancun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I met so many people, actually, believe it or not, in the Delta Sky Club to the point Someone made the comment to me and said, Taylor, you should just see if you can pay rent and live at the Delta Sky Club with how many people you meet there. Right. So props to Delta if they want to sponsor us. <laughs> <laughs> or give us a contract. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, so thank you so much, Taylor. This has been super informative. I just think that, you know, I, a lot of people approach networking and in, in especially newer consultants, people who are new to even consulting, flipping from, you know, a regular uh, full-time opportunity find networking to be a hurdle and find it to be almost daunting to take care of because it's part of the consultant toolkit mm-hmm. so hearing that this is not something that is challenging you know is, is awesome and so can you tell the people listening right now where they can find you on your social media and how they can reach you if they have questions yeah obviously my name is taylor ackerman find me on linkedin send me a message and i would be happy to connect and if anyone needs any more advice or just wants to grab virtual coffee and chat i'd be more than happy to awesome well thank you taylor and then there'll probably be another series involving you on networking so we'll bring you back perfect i look forward to it thanks for having me
Thanks for listening to Digineer Presents, brought to you by Digineer. Please be sure to follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram, and look for Digineer and all those social media platforms. We look forward to hearing from you.